for words and music that proclaim the Easter story. Thanks be to God, and the people say, Amen. It's an interesting twist on the calendar that Easter this year comes on April 1, a day that's more known for pranks and attempts to catch us off guard and take advantage of our naivete. I did a quick search of the best April Fool's jokes. One of them was to take black construction paper and make cutouts of spiders and bugs and then tape them to the inside of lampshades in your house. (laughs) All the people you love would think the house is being taken over by bugs. Another April Fool's prank was to hang Kim Jong-un's picture on the staff photo wall at your office. (laughs) Another one was to affix an air horn to your co-worker's seat, you know, boom. Any good April Fool's joke, or any joke for that matter, only works when a person's expectation is undermined by the truth, a truth that they didn't see coming, a truth that catches them off guard, makes them undone, a truth that makes them even laugh. And isn't that what happened on the first Easter? What was expected was undermined by a truth that no one saw coming. No one saw it coming. I suspect most of you have heard the Easter story before. I want to invite you to listen now again to the Easter story as it comes from Mark chapter 16. And I want to invite you to pay close attention to some of the subtle details. The word of the Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And then when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's been raised. He's not here. Look, there's the place that they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and tell Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and they fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. So we started this service with the familiar words, Christ is risen. And we've sung about this already, and we've heard the choir sing about this, and we've said, Jesus Christ is risen today, alleluia, and we have special decorations, and we have these great banners, and all of this is about the wonderful promise of Easter. But 
But when we take this scripture seriously and listen to the gospel of Mark carefully, the story really lacks the confident affirmation. It's not there. It lacks this loud certainty that we might want and expect on Easter. It even ends with those words, for they were afraid. So think about this. First, three women, and they're mentioned by name, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome. They're the only ones there. Everyone else has fled the scene, especially the men disciples, the people that we've been hearing about so much in the gospel stories, Peter, James, John, and all the others. They're not there. The officials have left the scene too, and the soldiers, and actually everybody who might add a lot of credibility to the story of what's going on. It's just these three women going with the spices that they've bought to anoint Jesus, this beloved Jesus who they had known in his life, and now they're going to tend to him in his death, this one who was hung on the cross, mocked and ridiculed, and left to die. Second, these women are a long way from any alleluias. They're not singing them. They looked on from a distance on Friday as they saw Jesus die. Mary Magdalene is named in the story when Joseph of Arimathea comes along and offers to take Jesus down from the cross, wraps him in linens, and puts him in the tomb. Mary Magdalene was there. And now these three women, they've gotten up very early on that Sunday morning, and they are worried only about one thing as they go to the tomb. Who's going to roll away the stone? That's what they're asking. All of this is a picture not of confidence, not of courage on Easter. All of this is a picture of grief and suffering and sadness and heartache and death. Women walking around in the darkness, figuratively and literally. This is their state. This is their reality. And then there's more. When they neared the tomb, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. But then, even then, they didn't start singing their alleluias. And even after they heard the young man in white tell them that Jesus had been raised, they didn't say, Christ is risen. They didn't sing, Jesus Christ is risen today. That's what we want them to say, but they're not behaving like we might want or we might need. They fled the tomb, ran away for terror and amazement had seized them. And the words are even stronger in Greek. Tromos, trauma, and ecstasis, ecstasy. Trauma and ecstasy seized them. So they ran away and they said nothing to anybody. For they were afraid. They were afraid. Now, most scholars agree that the verses that follow verse 8 were added a lot of years later, probably by people who didn't want the gospel story to end with those four words for they were afraid. And so there's this add-on section. 
If we're going to listen carefully to the text from Mark today, this is all very interesting, isn't it? Mark's story invites us to stand right there with those first witnesses. Those three women didn't see Jesus, and neither will we. Those three women didn't hear Jesus calling their names, and neither do we. They weren't invited to touch his wounds, and neither will we. We haven't touched Jesus' wounds either. Mary Magdalene and Mary and Salome are our silent sisters. I want to invite us to think a lot about truth. Truth today. Truth. So much truth is in this story. The very idea of a body being raised from the dead, even though Jesus had spoken about this as going to happen to him several times, he told the disciples that, it's almost impossible to grasp. This is not our experience. Bodies raising from the dead, not our experience. Dead people stay dead. That's our truth. Tombs are generally one way. You put the body in, it doesn't come out. So the news of he's been raised, he's not here, it leads to terror. It leads to amazement. Who should understand that? Who could understand that? We know about this. The news leads the women to flee from the tomb, saying nothing to anybody. But from the leaving of the tomb to the writing of Mark's gospel... The women were able to speak, obviously, and the trauma and the ecstasy did evolve into words and stories and something that gives us this wonderful Easter promise. And here's something else to think about. If it weren't for those three women witnesses, those first women preachers, we wouldn't even have the Easter story. From the trauma of the moment, from the uncertainty about what was happening, from the grief and the darkness and the fleeing in terror, in trauma, and ecstasy, a deep and important truth emerges. And the truth looks like this. Grief, heartache, death, they are real. There's no denying that these are all difficult aspects of the life we know. They come to all of us. Grief, heartache, death. But while grief and death and heartache are part of life, there's another truth. God gets the final word. And it's spoken here by the emissary in the tomb. Do not be alarmed. He's not here. He's going ahead of you. There you will see him. The gospel of Mark is not trying to describe all of this as convincingly as it could. It's trying to tell it as truthfully as it could. The truth looks like this. Evil, hatred, they are very real. Hatred and evil are in the world and are best revealed in this story 
in the chapters just before this one that we read. The persecution, the death of Jesus. This compassionate, spirit-filled, wise, loving, healing person, certainly as godlike as anybody ever, is mocked and ridiculed and nailed to a cross. Hatred, evil, they are real. And they're real in our world too. But evil and hatred do not have the final word. The final word is spoken by the guy in the tomb. He said, it says he's sitting there on the right, not the left. He's sitting there on the right. And he says, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has been raised. Hatred does not have the last word. Violence doesn't have the last word. Bigotry doesn't have the last word. Killing doesn't have the last word. Sin and evil do not have the last word. The last word is God. And God is love. That's the truth. The truth looks like this. Life is often full of fear. What are you most afraid of this day? You. Is it maybe the disease that's growing in your body that you've learned from the doctor and the body of your loved one is giving you fear? Is it some personal issue that makes you toss and turn at night? Is it some cultural problem that we can't seem to deal with like gun violence or racial reconciliation or justice in our city or something else? Fear is certainly a part of life, but fear is never the last thing. And trauma is never the last thing. The last thing is God. That's the truth revealed in the Easter story. The last thing is life. The last thing is hope. The last thing is this. Nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus. The last thing is this. Nothing is too much for God. Not violence, not hatred, not fear, not death, not confusion, not despair, not anything that we could ever come up with. God gets the last word. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to God. That's the truth of Easter. The way this Easter happens, especially in Mark, the truth is depicted not in a blaze of glory, not in loud certainty, but more like a candle flickering in the darkness. If they were going to make all this up, this whole thing up, they would have likely given it a far greater splash like heavenly angels singing or a big flame of glory or lots of credible witnesses to verify it. But, but no, it's, it's three women and a guy in white and simple words, do not be afraid. He's not here. He's been raised. Go ahead and you will find him. And they left in trauma and ecstasy. All of this is an invitation, a wonderful invitation to all of us to lean in, to listen carefully, to let it seep into us. For the truth, the truth is real. 
And the truth is so very important. It's okay to doubt. It's okay if your faith flame is flickering. We know we have fears. We know we have doubts. They're all real, but we keep leaning in. And we keep listening, and we keep opening our hearts, and the truth makes more and more sense. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to God. The world is tough. The world is complicated. The world is harsh and violent. Life is full of setbacks and sorrows. But God has the last word. That's the promise. That's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. Nothing can separate us from God. That's the truth in which we live. And then that news, that truth empowers us, that truth enthuses us to to live for God, to live serving God in the world, to live working alongside for the things that God cares most about, not selfish joys, but sincere justice, not personal pursuits, but purposeful living for justice, for light, for a a better world, for healing, for hope everywhere. We belong to God. God holds us, and God holds all life forever. So we live with kindness, and we live encouraging others, and we live helping and healing, not harming or hurting. Whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. And that message, what does the Lord require of us? Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. Here's the truth. Grief and suffering, they're never the last thing. Fear is never the last thing. Trauma is never the last thing. The last thing is God. The last thing is hope. The last thing is life. That's what the Easter story is about. God prevails. Nothing is too much for God. We're to lean in, keep listening, growing in faith, love, and service. You know what? He's been raised. He's been raised. All thanks and glory be to God. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O God, help our unbelief and lead us to faithful lives of love and service following the risen Christ. Amen.